We are down 300 police officers. And when crime is committed, second counts and people are not getting the hasty response that they need. This puts lives, businesses in danger. Welcome to Pod Bless America. I'm Jim. And I'm Dan. And today we're going to be dismantling the squad. Oh, okay. Part of the squad, hopefully. Hey, it starts with one. Uh, Listen, Facebook, for as much as Facebook is just trying to destroy me right now, while I still have 30 days that I'm not allowed to go live um, and talk to you guys until after the election, I also have 30 days of all of my posts being uh, sent down to the bottom of the algorithm. Submarine in you. Yeah, yeah. But they are sending me some good ads. And one of those ads we got, I saw was Cicely Davis. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know much about Cicely Davis, but I looked at it because, you know, when these things come, well, Cicely Davis is running in Minnesota 5. Okay. And Minnesota 5 is currently occupied by Ilan Omar. I don't mm. know if you've heard of her. I have heard of her. Some people did some things. Some people did some things. Some people did some things. There's questionable ties to how she got family members into the country. There's uh, there's, there's campaign finance laws that have apparently been broken. Mm, there's, now, so this is all the stuff that she has done. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure what else she's done, and I don't. I'm not quite sure. And maybe Cicely can tell us what she's done for her district. But we're going to bring Cicely in here right now. Cicely, are you there? I am here, Jim uh, and Dan, Dan and Jim. Thanks so much for having oh, me. look at her. Yeah, welcome to Pod Bless America. <laughs> look at her. She, she didn't know who to give top billing to, so she did them both. <laughs> what? Oh, look at that. Yeah, right now, you're Aww. Dan's favorite already. You're Dan's all favorite. Right. That's all it takes. I'm, I'm, I'm off to a great start here. Yeah, he's the face. I'm the muscle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the passion. He's the comedy. So, just kinda, uh, no, seriously, thanks, man. We appreciate it. And you got, I mean, big day coming up for you on Tuesday. So, uh, I know you are busy, and I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. Or actually, yeah, yeah it'll be. Days. Yeah, well, seven days from the time we're recording. So, yeah. when this thing drops, yeah, we've got one day until the right. big day. So, you know, we're not really a write down our questions and ask you and move to the next question kind of podcast. But I guess we'll just start with why you, at what point were you sitting at home and said, Ugh, somebody's got to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I spent time on the previous um, opponents to Ilhan's campaign. That was Lacey Johnson. And having worked um, on the campaign, I recognized after that 2020 election cycle that the really, the way to really give it to her and really challenge her um, is to go at her, to weaken her position on identity politics. So, you know, two women of color, you know, how do I, you know, really get her to um, have a challenge that is issue-based as much as possible? That was my motivation, not to mention the fact that having the scandal, the um, all of the questioning, you know, just recognizing that there really needs to be someone who is going to tenaciously go after her without any fears, without reservation, and someone who really, truly is interested and, you know, really, truly wants to represent the people of this district. I'm, I live downtown Minneapolis. I know and have experienced the failure of Ilhan Omar. And so, um, you know what? Let me get in the ring and make this a girl fight. You know, and <laughs> I like it. We're in Ohio. And people only know what they know um, from the media, from whatever. I can tell you this, that there is no chance right now that I bring my family down to downtown Minneapolis for a vacation next summer. Just not doing it. Where is crime at there? Is it as bad as we think it is? I mean, are there nice parts? Like, what is Minneapolis all about right now? How bad is it? (laughs) 
So unfortunately, people from Ohio like you, as well as residents here in Minnesota, say the exact same thing, is that I have no interest, nor will I set foot in Minneapolis until it becomes safe. Now, you do have people coming in for a Vikings game, but that's only because of sheer volume of numbers. Outside of that, no one is coming to Minneapolis. This is the reason why I'm stepping up, because this impacts not only those in CD5 itself, but the greater state. Um, so if you live in rural Minnesota and you want to come in to, you know, experience theater or watch the Twins or watch the Vikings or, or you know, go to the museum, everyone is saying no. They're opting out to visit. So Minneapolis right now is not a safe place to work, to live or to visit. That needs to change. I mean, you can see it with the, the numbers that the Twins were pulling during the uh the season, oh. <laughs> you know, the risk versus reward wasn't going down there. Sorry, Indians fan here. Oh yeah, we are at over seventy murders. We are at over seventy murders in Minneapolis alone. So this is really bad. This is very serious. This is something that Ilhan Omar, I hold her directly responsible well, for. Well, I guess because we are. Yeah, go ahead. Well, that's ahead. just it. I'm confused because if it was mm-hmm. so bad there. Why would she call to abolish the Minneapolis Police Department? I don't understand then. If crime is so bad, that doesn't make any sense to me. I think you're wrong. I think you're going to need to go back and look at your numbers because <laughs> clearly everything yeah. is just peachy down there. Or yeah. she wouldn't want to. They probably had a big budget. They, they were wasting money. Well, uh, the problem is the police. <laughs> the problem is the police. That's yeah. the problem now. Yeah. So, and a full disclosure there, I'm a 30-year law enforcement officer. I am currently working still until my city finally gets sick of me doing these podcasts and then I'm going to be <laughs> looking for a job. But for now, yeah. <laughs> but, oh, but so yeah, so she calls to defund the, the, the police. Now it, it eventually went to the voters if I, if I'm correct and it was shot down fairly handily. So I think, right. Absolutely. So that was 58% of the residents voted to keep the Minneapolis police. And then let's make notes. This is really important. 75% of black voters Um, voted to keep the police. So um, this is ground zero. Everyone needs to be mindful that Minneapolis is ground zero for the defund the police movement because of her statement that she made in what's called Powderhorn Park here in Minneapolis. And so, you know, we are careening off a cliff. We are absolutely headed in the wrong direction. Um, The Minneapolis Police Department has been defunded to the tune of over a million dollars. We are down 300 police officers. And so when crime is committed, when crime is committed, seconds count and people are not getting the hasty response that they need. This puts lives, businesses um, in danger. Um, and again, when that is a question, you know, seconds count. Has Minneapolis, um, so, have they moved to a reactive police department as opposed to proactive? I mean, are they out there making stops? Are they out there or are they just answering calls at this point? They're just answering calls. They're just simply not the numbers there. There aren't the numbers there. So you're taking all the criticism the MPD does, but the simple fact is, is there just aren't enough police officers around to um, be able to answer calls. And so they're put into a position where they have to prioritize, okay, do I go to the um, the accident or do I go to the domestic violence? We're going to have to prioritize crime. And, and, um, and so that's unfortunate. That's why these smash and grabs are getting more are there are there happening more because people just know we're going to go in there we're going to overwhelm the store we're going to take everything and leave and then they're going to call the police and they're going to be like well you got insurance right <laughs> like that's yeah, well, going to be the and that's, it is and that's two tier though right they don't fear the police anymore they don't fear the police because the police don't have the backing by the administrations but on top of that they know if they get caught they're out there's no bail 
They know they're going to just get shipped right out. They're just going to get a slap on the wrist. Yeah. And that's how, I mean, the broken window theory of police work works. If you are out there enforcing people breaking windows, you head off the bigger crimes. But if you don't have the manpower, like in Minneapolis right now, to stop those people from breaking the windows, it just emboldens everybody all the way up the ladder. So, sorry, mm-hmm. I digress. No, that's great. And you're, you're absolutely right. Criminals are great studies. They study the system. They study what's going on. And they absolutely recognize that now is the time to be involved, to not respect police and, and to um, commit crimes and not worry about um, consequences. And so they understand what's going on and they understand the risk, um, which there is very little. It's the citizens who are um, left vulnerable taking a hit. We're losing businesses. We're losing families out of the district. And eventually, if this continues under the thumb of Ilhan Omar, Minneapolis will very soon turn into a Chicago or a Detroit. And I'm stepping up because I simply do not want to allow that to happen. Yeah. And it's funny. I mean, well, not funny. But I hate you when I leave with that, but you like, know, exactly. you should just say, isn't it ironic? <laughs> I'm talking about something absolutely horrible here. Just, I mean, a city is being too. decimated and I'm like, you know, it's funny that, oh, I'm sorry. It's not funny. Okay. What were you going to say though? <sighs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, back before, I mean, when did all these riots start really with, I mean, was it with Floyd? Is yeah. when it when it really kicked off, but you know, uh, I mean, pretty much when Donald Trump got elected. Well, that's true too, and then yeah. for the entire time. But yeah. before that, I always thought of Minneapolis, like just just a beautiful city, right? I mean, it was just it's Minnesota, man. Minnesota is a beautiful state. It's and then all of a sudden, you started seeing it every night on TV, and my my whole image of it, I was just like, this is this is a war zone. So let me ask you this. So in 2018, Omar gets elected. How does she get elected? Mm -hmm. Now, I understand that people probably didn't quite understand how far left she was, or did they? Did you realize when you were watching her run that, man, this is not going to be good for us? Or was she so far that maybe you were like, ah, no chance at all she's going to win? Or did she keep it under wraps? So she did not. No one knew how far left she was. Um, and I, I, I would like to enlighten everyone because this is this is such a great spot to be in right now. The reason and how Ilhan Omar was elected was by way of white guilt. OK, mm. so 63 percent. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, what did I just say? When we were doing a little bit of pre-work, he, he brought, he mentioned yeah. that word. And I, I like, did. I, I said, look, know. man, I said, they are, she's over 60% white there. I mean, That's so, right. so you said a lot be, of, a lot of white guilt. I did. I said, it's gotta be a, a bunch of white guilt. There's white okay. liberals there. Well, even the, right. even the blind squirrel finds a nut. Oh, Con- I just want it noted. <laughs> I just want it noted. <laughs> Continue. I should get an award so, for that. <laughs> well, thank you for doing. Well, I appreciate you doing your research because truly, everyone makes the assumption that Ilhan go, uh, um, Omar got in by way of the Somali vote. I was Black I was under the Somalis impression. combined, yeah. Or what? Sixteen percent. Sixteen percent of your voting block. That's right. Seven percent on Somali, nine percent black. So she did not get in by way of that vote. It's the same thing with Obama. He didn't get in by way of the black vote. We're only thirteen and a half percent of the population. So same thing. with. Well, that's just it uh, too. I just want it noted, not that it should matter at all, but I want it noted right now. So for people who are listening to this, they're not like, ah, what does this white lady know about black voting? Yeah. They're like, come on, Karen. Yeah. Come on, Karen. What do you know? You know what? You grew up, grew up in the upper crust. You grew up, probably went to Harvard, Karen. Yeah. Well, why don't you talk a little bit about your past? Because you're not, you're you're not, you're not a white, 
Not just no. a white chick. No. That's right. That's right. Um, no, you know, I'm typical black upbringing. Grew up in what I call the black monolith, the ex- expectation um, and the demand that you vote Democrat. And mm-hmm. um, that all changed when I um, started volunteering um, at the St. Cloud VA, which is a city um, about an hour northwest of Minneapolis. Spent time volunteering at the VA. And when you when you spend time long bouts of time with our veterans, people who would literally without hesitation lay down their life for an entire country full of people who don't, they don't know, but because they believe in this constitution or Republic, it has an impact. And so they started telling me things. They started expressing why they love this country. They told me about their history. They talked to me, they brought me in. And then all of a sudden all the preconceived notions and the lies that I were told growing up and assumptions about particularly white people started to melt away. There was no racism. Um, These are people who just simply love their country and just felt motivated by way of honor and duty and integrity. And that is what actually melted away my democratic thoughts and, you know, caused me to recognize that I am hopelessly and wonderfully conservative and um, wanted to get involved and support other candidates with that same um, ideals. And so this is an exceptional country. I wanted to make sure that I'm raising up um, exceptional candidates and eventually became one myself. So that's how it all began. Um, so, and here we are today. Well, how that has to be a weird experience because I was I was born. Uh, my dad was in the military. He uh, was in the FBI. Mm-hmm. Politics was never a big part of our family, but it was always mm-hmm. just a conservative feel growing up. Right. I remember Ronald Reagan was our guy. I remember, you know, I, it just always was. So for you, when you're growing up and you're told, look, Democrat, we're black, we vote Democrat. Democrats have our best interest at heart. This is always who we're going to vote for. And when you see that, you see that first crack that, wait a minute, this might not be all all I've been told. How come we only see this guy at election time? <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> but so, I mean, at that point, does the whole facade start crumbling that, I mean, now you start looking deeper and are you like, oh my Lord, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, what you're talking about yeah. is anger. What you realize is that you've been lied to and things have been concealed and you've been manipulated and or you were just educated by people who were just flat out ignorant. Um, and the culmination of all that leaves you um, feeling pretty disappointed and angry But yes, there is a serious crack. And so it causes you to grow up, become pragmatic and start. Now I'm going to start researching. I'm going to read for myself. I'm going to refer to myself and I'm going to look deeper and I'm pull back the covers. And I'm really going to figure out what this really is truly all about. And um, when I did that, things just simply two and two was not adding up to four. Um, And I've always grown up that math is absolute. And so when I'm getting a different figure than four, when I'm adding two and two, I'm recognizing like, you know what, something's not passing the smell test here. You know, we have four generations of, you know, LBJ policies in place. We've had the assumption, the Democrat Party taking for granted the black vote. And yet we are still angry. We're still piling up in the streets rioting. We're still having the same complaints we had during Watts riots and other riots and things just simply aren't getting better. Um, But the elite class itself within the Democrat Party continues to grow. And so the the message to black voting America right now, 
particularly for my cut or my pie here in CD5 is that every skin to me is not kin to me and that you have to, we have to be willing to accept that just because leaders look like us doesn't mean that they're for us. Um, and if we can go away from that and accept that, we can kind of begin change. And I do believe 2024 is going to look very different for um, black America in relation to the Republican party. So you're bringing up Minnesota's uh, district five again, and it looks like it's changed from for 2023 to 2033. And it looks like you lost Hopkins. Does that, does that sound right? Am I making that assumption? Correct. Wow. Have you guys done your research? (laughs) Absolutely. We did. Yeah. So we are now a 15 city district instead of 16. Correct. We were actually, overpopulated so we had to lose hopkins in order to get us back to that 778 so it wasn't because of gerrymandering it wasn't because uh, another district (laughs) wanted to take it yeah were they looking at it like man hopkins pretty conservative like hopkins is like 65 percent white and if we can dump these guys off to the other district it's gonna yeah we're happy to lose them yeah Yeah, we were happy to lose hopkins that wasn't a tough we were hoping to gain another one maybe in st paul edge of st paul but we didn't get them but hopkins is in a hurtful in fact we dropped our d leaning i think we went from a 26 to like a 19 because mm-hmm. we lost hopkins so that's a good thing now if we're going to talk about the district here let's mm-hmm. let's talk about the elephant in the room right okay you got you got a hard road mm-hmm. first i would like to say that we are 100 percent behind you based on what we've seen me and dan were talking the other day and our candidates come on here we're like over five Right. And Dan's like, golly, man, this is, you know, yeah, we, we we're going to have we're going to have the stigma that man yeah. if we go on the show. We just lose. But here's uh. the problem or with, with that is that we're not we could easily we could easily bring the front runner in or the winner. Right. We could easily bring the front runner in and say, oh, man, this is our guy. But the front runner is just part of the problem. We could easily bring a politician in here and say, oh, we're standing behind this guy. He's been in Congress for 32 years. He's our guy. But he's part of the problem. The ones we're bringing in here are folks like you that aren't getting the play, right? That you are fortunate in that at least uh, the Republican Party has backed you there. But there's a whole lot of good candidates that are running that can't get the backing from their own party because they're not willing to toe that line. Or they're not raising enough money. Right. On their own. Not raising enough money, whatever. We had somebody running for governor that drove his own tour bus to our studio yeah. and parked it in the freaking parking lot. But for real. And you know what? But we're behind this guy because he's a farmer. He understands Ohioans. He understands what Ohioans are going through. He doesn't live in this in this big ivory tower insulated from everything yeah, that's he's happening. He's a business here. owner. Right. He's a business owner. He's trying to make ends meet. He's trying to keep people employed. He understands it. Got destroyed by a politician for governor. Mm-hmm. Jonas Scholz, wow. who ran out here against Anthony Gonzalez. Anthony Gonzalez was one that stood up against Trump and you know voted for the impeachment, committed political suicide. Anthony Gonzalez was a do-nothing politician. Jonas Scholz was our guy. Now, Max Miller ended up winning it. Max Miller's backed by Donald Trump. And that's what carried Max Miller through because Max Miller counted on that from Donald Trump. Did not work, did not, he didn't knock on doors. Max Miller bought a house a few cities over, never stayed in it, stayed in Florida. Jonah Scholes was pounding pavement, wearing out shoes, doing the best he could. The kid, all American kid, baseball, college, all this stuff. He was a flooring salesman. Flooring salesman. And and then, you know, for the amount of votes he got, for the amount of work that got put in, it was disgusting. Yeah. 
Yeah, but he it's, did the work. He's doing the work. It's name recognition, though. People don't mm-hmm. they don't recognize your name or what 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 do you have to offer? Right, you're a flooring salesman. What do you know about being in politics? Well, let me tell you something. What we're doing and this this for you, you in Minnesota five or CD five, who are listening to this right now, what you have there is not working. It has not been working. What do you have to lose at this point from stepping out and trying something different? And you know what? If Cicely gets in there and she screws the whole thing up, you have just two years and you can go ahead and get rid of her and you can try again. But what you're doing now is not working. The definition of insanity, man, you keep putting the same people in there hoping for the different results. It's not going to happen. You are not going to change Omar. Try something different. Right. But then the apathy is what's killing us, Cicely. And that's what we always talk about. I mean, let's, I mean, let's, let's look at, she almost lost her primary. Okay, but but the biggest thing that I saw from the primary was the nine thousand nine hundred and thirty total Republican votes in that primary. You were on top getting forty seven sixty five. But that turnout was just from people that said it doesn't matter if I go for primary day because I'm stuck in this, you know, heavy D area and it's not going to happen. Meanwhile, one hundred and fourteen thousand five hundred and sixty seven show up for the Democrat. And uh, right. she, and she splits that vote in half, fifty seven thousand to fifty five thousand. All right. So, so so Omar was this close to getting beat, and if people would have just showed up instead of thinking, this is you know, and this is the elephant in the room, mm-hmm. right? So the last time Republican held Omar's seat, Cicely, and I think I'm right, was sixty three. Is that correct? Nineteen sixty three. You okay. got it. So the last time that they they held a Republican seat there was nineteen sixty three. Now that is enough to make the most patriotic voter say. Ugh. Whatever. I'm going to sit here and watch Price is Right tonight. And you know what? I'm not even going to bother voting. Right. Now, is it Taco Tuesday? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I got other stuff going to, to get do, a margarita. Man. I got other stuff to do. Now, this Omar that you have elected, how many scandals have there been with her? Right? I mean, reported scandals or <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. But yeah. how many missed votes? Right. Marital infidelity with a campaign staffer. Her brother, you know, that she, and I don't know, is this conspiracy theory? I don't even know if it's real or not anymore. But, you know, where they're talking about how she may have wed her brother for immigration purposes. Uh, You've got all the campaign uh, finance violations. She had to actually repay money for that. Um, And now, what's this? I hear the campaign fundraising is going to a campaign consulting firm that's headed by her new husband. Oh, my man. Allegedly, allegedly. Yep. If it, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see it on the ticker on CNN. Yeah. so it probably yeah. didn't happen. Jen. So I mean, you're. <laughs> so, but this is what you're battling, right? You're battling people that are still willing to elect her. You look at generally what ninety five to ninety eight percent of incumbents rarely lose. So now you put a bad candidate in there, and that candidate manages to grow roots and is there forever. So again, the elephant in the room here. We've got. Everybody's talking about how that is solid Democrat. Cook political report, solid Democrat. Economist, safe Democrat. 538, solid Democrat. Uh, Politico, solid Democrat. I mean, it just, and the list goes on. How are you feeling about this election, if we're being honest? Yes, um, if we're being honest, I'm feeling confident. Um, because I know what I'm waking up to. DMs of people saying, you know what, I have voted one way my entire life. I will be voting for you. I simply cannot. Um, vote for her. I just can't vote for Ilhan. That's what I'm hearing when I'm door knocking and lit dropping. Same thing. I'm also hearing 
since we're being honest, um, those who have decided to <laughs> remain loyal to their respective monoliths, that they are actually going to just simply skip the that contest on the ballot altogether. That's in my favor. Now, I need those votes, but at the very least, it is that's fewer um, Ilhan Omar voters who are participating in the vote. Sure. And so we're thinking of every single way possible um, that we can win. You know, it's just really, truly about creating that permission stru- structure to allow those people to vote outside of their respective monoliths. And how can we do that? Well, you know what? Yeah. Crime, cost of living and education are not. <laughs> they're not partisan issues. Um, and so people are hurting. Um, and so if I can, what you said, you know what, if we can just decide that it's not about R or D, but it's literally about gas, groceries and grandkids. If you don't like me, vote me out in two years, but let's at least come together to get this far left progressive element out of the picture. Um, and then we return to political civility in 2024. You run your compelling candidate in two years and it's a straight and then it's just literally an issues based contest. Like it should I'm be. all for it. Like it should be. Yeah. This is about not just being strategic, but it's about common sense. And I do believe that that's causing people to think. And, and so. I, didn't, I didn't want you to gloss over your three key messages of your campaign because you, oh, you did. No worries. You did name yeah. them. OK, they're public sure. safety which mm-hmm. we kind of went over with, with the police. There are combating inflation, which is, is mm-hmm. going to be tough to do because if you get voted in and then you got to vote on these bills and we're, we're, you know, whatever emergency happens and we're passing trillion dollars, we're just printing the money anyway. Everyone understands that's that's going to happen and, and no one's pumping the brakes on that until it, it's going to get really hard on people. Um, so that's nothing you're going to be able to solve by yourself going in. But, right. you know, maybe you're just not a, a toss-in vote to the Democrats to get this passed. Uh, when it comes to our children's 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 future, uh, then you got educational freedom. This is what turned Virginia. It is one hundred percent. Said it again. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. That uh, for sure, for sure. I mean, Virginia McAuliffe lost because of educational freedom. You look at Florida. You look at the things they're doing combating CRT, giving parents the say, mm-hmm. not letting schools transition your kids without your, your knowledge, without your permission. Yeah. I mean, you know, oh, well, we can't you know, we remember we had January Little John on, they were going to transition her daughter without her knowledge, mm-hmm. without her consent yeah. in Florida, in no. Florida. Right. And she called and they're like, yeah, we can't talk to you about it. You're going to have to talk to your daughter. <laughs> you're gonna have to, you're right, right. Wait, what? Wait, what? Yeah, hold, hold on. What the inmates? The inmates are running the asylum here. Or your child is Brianna at home, but <laughs> the teacher, you know, caught your child Brian at school, and yeah. you don't know about it. And that's right? exactly. I and mean, I, I don't remember the yeah. episode number, but that is, you know, if you you reference back to our episodes, I mean, that was that was exactly what mm-hmm. happened with her. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she got in the car one day, and she's like, "Mom, hey, great news! Uh, they're letting me use whatever bathroom I want." Her mom's like. What? <laughs> so, what? Yeah. And, and she ends up calling the school and the, the lady that she talks to and pours her heart out to and says, look, we're getting her counseling. You know, we think she may be a little misguided. We may think we think she may be a little confused. Turns out that the lady she poured her soul out to was the LGBT coordinator for the school. And no, then for Pete's sake. took yeah. all that information and just started raising her kid, you know, but I digress. What are your, where are you on education? And I know you believe that the money should follow the child. Yeah, she's for school choice. Heck, yeah. She's for increasing graduation rates and eliminating critical race theory from the classrooms. 
So you don't have to say it. I already know. We can't. Con- yeah, but this is her to talk. <laughs> she can't continue to breed new generations of kids that are taught to hate America, which begins early begins and too early many classrooms. In the classroom. ah. You are awesome. You are awesome. Parents should Wait have a say. Stump speech. You are awesome. What their You're children awesome. are taught. Yeah. yeah, keep going. I mean, the, the last sentence, <laughs> the last sentence is what brings it home for me. When it comes to our youngest generation, the only special interest group that matters are the children and their parents. Let me tell you what I love about this, though. While you're saying it, she's saying it along with you. So I know that some staffer didn't write this, and she's like, I have no idea. What is, what is it saying? No. You know, this is her. I love it. This is her. This is me. Yeah. It's very real. It's, it's heartfelt, and it's coming um, out of mouths of mamas, mama bears. This is, again, like you said, this is who voted in, in Virginia last November. Right. So we were paying attention to um, Virginia for one reason. And then, of course, Minneapolis for the, as you mentioned, um, with public safety for another, with defunding the police and whatnot. And so parents, ours and these and independents and all in between, they everyone wants the best for their child. They want an education that allows them to dream dreams. And so they can grow and compete in this world that's so very complex and competitive. Um, and then Minneapolis, Minnesota has this massive surplus. We spend 48% of our budget on education. So we continue to get more and more for our kids. And yet our literacy and our graduation rate, rates continue to decline. Um, someone has to answer for that. Someone has to give us a why um, and figure out that if you just simply apply common sense. I'm a parent. I have two kids. They are in a public school system or any kind of failing school system to where they're not getting smarter. They're not getting the best. Um, and I have an option to send them somewhere else where they can compete. As a parent, what would you do? You would simply just send them to the school that's successful. That's easy. So I'm not sure as to why that's so controversial and why that caused such a stir, particularly in those who in school boards and things like that, where they they find that this is. They call this a racist notion, um, and I'm just not sure how that's considered a racist. Well, that's <laughs> no, just it. That's, that's just it. it. And that's, that's what the left does, though, right? We're just right? calling it that. Yeah. That's what the left does. When you come up with good points, when you have a strong yeah. argument, right. the only way to get you off that argument is to call you a racist mm-hmm. because they put you right. back on your heels. Now you have to defend yourself. Right. Well, wait a minute. I can't have social media believing I'm a racist. So I'm going to put the school choice argument that I have on, yeah. on the side, and I'm going to talk about how I'm not a racist. That's how they yeah. get you. And I, you know, and I know it's, it's easier said than done. It's easy for me to say here, we just need to stop entertaining that. I yeah. mean, just stop. Absolutely. You know what? Call me a racist. I don't care. Show, right. you know, right. go get your, go get your facts together where I'm a racist and then come back. But I'm going to keep talking about school choice. Well, Pop Bless America did have a strong black woman on their podcast. So that may be inherently racist. Well, you know what? You want to talk about that? <laughs> I mean, um, there's a group out there. Are you familiar with every black life matters? Oh, I've heard of them. Are mm-hmm. they... They're basically the conservative answer to Black Lives Matter. Um, okay. Yeah, we had we had Kevin McGarry on. Yep, Kevin McGarry is the founder of Every Black Life Matters. And listen, Kevin McGarry, it makes no He says, look, blacks are, in America are oppressed, 100%. We, we are, certainly, we don't have the same, we don't have the same opportunities that white folks have, but it's our own doing. It is not having a, a father in the house. It is not taking your education seriously. It is not having a strong work ethic. And, you know, he goes on, he outlines all this, all of this stuff about, and he is 100% on board with Black Lives Matter, right? Not, not the organization, mm-hmm. 
but the the notion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. and you'll hear from him, you, you know. And we talked to him, and we talked to Dwayne Green, who sat in here with us that day. And because they're speaking out, immediately they're labeled Uncle Tom's. You know what? Well, sure. You, you're you're you know you're you're shining the, the shoes, shining the shoes of the white man, mm-hmm. and that's what oh, they all yeah. say. Are you getting any of yeah. that? Um, no, I get the, no one's been overt about it. I'm sure there are whispers and rolling of the eyes when I walk out of the room. I think it's at, right now, it's really, really difficult if you've shown yourself to be someone who, I'm not a Johnny come lately, so I've always spent time in the black community and I'm not just showing up. Yeah. Um, I think also that with the obvious massive failure of this administration, it's really, really difficult to look past right? 2020 was different, right? We had George Floyd going on. We had Donald Trump and the the Dems were feeling very, you know, arrogant and and righteous. But right now, um, with everyone being hit in the wallet. Oh yeah. They're scared. Yeah. No matter what they do, no matter what they do is not working either. They're pulling out all the stops and it is all backfiring. I mean, that's why Barack Obama's campaigning for everyone and the president of the United States is not. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. And you look at, I mean, you you look at Biden right now release. I mean, just absolutely devastating our strategic oil reserve just to keep prices down enough so that it doesn't look bad when you go to the polls. But meanwhile, right. he's telling NOPEC, look, increase production and you don't have to worry about selling your oil. We're going to buy it all back because we have to replenish our strategic oil reserve. Right. American people see that. We know what this is. You can't just, right. we know that as soon as you stop depleting the strategic oil reserve, that our prices are going to shoot through the roof. Back to $5. Probably. Everybody knows it. You got NOPEC coming out saying, hey, look, Joe Biden came over here, wanted us to put off the... The decrease in the, in the, you know, in the supply until after the election. We all knew that already. Yeah. But imagine how it would have been covered if it would have been the other way around and Trump would have did that. Sure. Or, or George W. would have did that. It would have been right. oh, high and crimes, high crimes and misdemeanors. And as we talk, you certainly go back and you talk about the fifth district there in Minnesota all you want. But let me ask you this. You're not running for state Senate. You're not running for governor, which the way you're talking, <sighs> Might not be bad for them out there, right? Uh, that might not be that might not be bad for Minnesota. Uh, but so when you get to Washington, how are you going to stop yourself from being eaten up by the machine? How are you going to have the intestinal fortitude to stand up and say, "Y'all are insane. Anybody who's voting for this trillion dollar package is insane." I'm no. And they're like, listen, Cicely, that's not the way this works here, right? We need you to toe this line. You want to be on committees? You're going to have to vote yes here. You want to be a one and done? Vote no. How are you going to be strong enough to say, nah? You know, again, I just think that freedom's too high a price to pay. We, I have people in place who are holding me accountable, personal people, um, people that are my personal friends and family members. But more importantly, um, we simply cannot afford to have another two years, let alone another four. Um, or at six or eight um, going in the direction that we are. I do believe that there are some things that are happening culturally within the political realm. I do believe that blacks um, in America have a role in making a switch and changing the trajectory um, of the Republican Party. And so this is literally a matter of them stepping up, becoming pragmatic, um, deciding that they need to get in the fight and start becoming a part of the process that's actually shifting and happening now. It's just being mindful of what is and what can be. 
I will bring up this name, Tulsi Gabbard, who was here three weeks ago in Minnesota. Hold on, um, who? And someone. <laughs> What's her name? <laughs> yeah. Tulsi. Uh, I feel like yeah, we might have mentioned her once something. or. You might have mentioned her. Maybe once or yeah. 25 times on this show. Huh, yeah, this is. Yeah, look her up if you can. <laughs> yeah. yeah, listen, you know, it's interesting. I, oh, God, yeah, we went, go ahead. No, I was no, just going to say we went back and forth on Tulsi, right? We she's always been our girl. We have ever since she yeah. got ever ever since the Democrats got rid of her in the primary because she did not toe their line. That's who I look at in those primaries. Whoever the Democrats are trying to get rid of first, that's who I want to pay attention to. And I can tell you that the Democrats lost their chance. I was a Trump voter. I'm a Trump supporter. I mean, I don't necessarily support the 2.30 a.m. tweets. I wish he could knock those down a little bit. But (laughs) the rest of it, I mean, his policies, what he did for America, you cannot argue with that. You look back, you cannot argue. Look, is he a jerk? Sure. Right. Does he make some some jokes that the president shouldn't make? Sure. But you know what you're electing. You know who he is. While he may make those jokes, I know what he's going to do for this country. And every decision he made for this country turned out to be the right decision. Right. But America first was Nor not on the agenda. Do, right. Nor do you doubt his love for this country. Oh, nope. You absolutely you don't cannot. doubt it. You cannot. But with all um, that said, so, I can tell yeah. you that if the Democrats had made Tulsi Gabbard their nominee, mm-hmm. I would have voted for her. Now I'm a little mm-hmm. concerned about her second amendment stance, but short of that, I, I'm telling you, she's as close to a Kennedy Democrat as you can get. I don't think she would hurt the, the second amendment. I don't think she would help it, but she's not going to hurt it. Sure. Someone stood up and asked her, he said, um, I'll make this really quick for you. He, he basically challenged her being an independent right now and not a conservative or a Republican. He said, what is it going to take for you to move those increments to actually claim um, to side and, you know, kind of tote that R instead of the I, because basically the I is no toast is what he said to her. And she said, you know what? I'm glad you asked. And I'm going to be honest since you asked me, number one, your party has some work to do. Your party has way too much infighting. What we've always decided on the Democrat Party is even if we're wrong, we're going to stick together. And God help you if you operate outside of that, those lines. Okay. Number two, your party is poor, absolutely poor at using culture, at pop culture. And she said, I don't mean race. I mean, literally using pop culture. Your party sucks at it. She's like, you're absolutely terrible. This is why the Democrat Party grabs hold of the next generation and the and the generation to come after that. Old white man. Yeah, and she said, number three, um, oh, and she said, you don't own language. You've allowed the Democrats to own language. You, your party needs to get ahead of language. So white fragility and, you know, intersectionality and, you know, these, these lived experience, all these terms that the society that we adopt here, she said that's all created within a Democrat party, and even your party will repeat them. You guys are terrible at marketing. You got to get ahead of language. You know, all you're doing is making me love her more because she's everything she said. She is 100 percent correct. I know, but you're going to turn into a stage five stalker if you don't stop. (laughs) (laughs) But it's very true. And I can tell you this. You could hear a pin drop. You could hear a pin drop. When everyone realized the truth she was telling. She's right. Right. Like you come to me and you tell me when I say, you know, you see all these HR memos that come out. And when I walk into a room and I go, hey, guys, and they're like, oh, you can't say, hey, guys, it's got to be, hey, team now. And then I'm like, well, OK, hey, team. No, I'm, <laughs> no you know what? Hey it's hey guys. hey, guys. Yeah, I can yeah. say, hey, guys, that doesn't mean I, yeah. I you know, because yeah, next right. time I'm coming here, I'm yelling swear words. But now <laughs> yeah. now if I don't, 
I'm a bigot. Oh, you're a, yeah. you know what? Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah, a bigot. Right, now. Well, no. The narrative. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not a bigot. I'm not. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm not a bigot. Look, I'm with you guys. I'm with you. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm with you, yeah. team. I'm with you. <laughs> with you team. She's oh, absolutely she, right. Yeah. Look, at my, look at my shirt. She's right. Yeah. She is right. I I was referred to as like, someone announced me. He was just going along. He meant nothing by me. He said, Congress, our next congressman, Cicely Davis. And I'm cheering with them. And he's like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I meant congresswoman. I'm no. like, Congressman works. You're just fine. Yeah. Let's just go with it. You Listen, know, like let's get off these eggshells here. Yeah. You have my you have my word. I will move to Minnesota five. If if you don't pull this off this this election, I will move mm-hmm. to Minnesota five and I will vote for you in two years. If <laughs> if somebody introduces you as Cicely Davis, she her. And you turn around and you smack him in the face right there on camera. Kapow! And say, it's ma'am. It's ma'am. Right. So if you do that, I will move to Minnesota just so I can vote for you. Now, I I don't, listen, I I am not promising you that I'm going to stay there, right? Because your your winners are miserable. Um, (laughs) They are. They are. They are. Our our winners in Ohio are miserable. And I don't want you to all of a sudden come back here and be like, let me tell you about how it went. Like, I don't want you to sound like that. What? <laughs> what? Let's, let's talk. Let's talk about about it. Oh. <laughs> about, I can't even say it right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You sound. I was like, why are you doing an Irish yeah, accent? God. You I suck at it. So that's why I'm not moving there. Well, anyway, so if, if, if I just want to say okay, too, you're not moving anywhere. I just want. Well, I want to say too. We're not doing podcasts. If you do win, I may when I retire. Please don't call the police, but I may come up like like family vacation or Christmas vacation. Throw you in a van. Hog tie you, put blindfold over you, and uh-huh. move you down to Tennessee with me, so okay. that you can represent That's me in awesome. Tennessee. Yeah. So, so don't be. Ask me to come. Don't be scared. No, I'd rather kidnap okay. you. I think it's just going to make for a better story. It's more fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus, we're off the rails here. So listen. That's awesome. Um, it says the areas of public policy that you are personally passionate about. Okay, so so you got three. You got national security, you got secure borders, and you got individual liberty and responsibility. I'm sorry, what was that second word? <laughs> liberty. <laughs> liberty. Um, liberty. The, the national security is what the national security and the and the secure border are hand in hand for me right now. Well, listen, national security right now is a joke. I mean, I don't trust any of those alphabets. I don't. I don't trust one of them anymore. Yeah. And my dad retired yeah. from the FBI. And I trust the IRS me. to take my money out of yeah, my exactly, check. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I trust the ATF be looking at me every time I, I, you know, I, you I buy a gun. Firearm? Yeah. 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 I, I, I trust them to put me on a list, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, so, so what do you do? I mean, how do we, where do you stand? Where do you stand with the constitution? Are you an originalist or are you a living and breathing document? I am all about what the founders put in place. Right. I just believe that we are operating so far outside of what the founders had in place. And um, I think that's where we this is why we're so in trouble right now. I think it's a beautiful document. I think the concept, um, the distinct right to self-determine. This is what distinguishes us from the rest of the globe. Mm. This is why we're the model and this is why we are the the liber- the liberty standard. Right. The freedom standard. That concept is it's beautiful and it's so distinct. And when you think about that, when people hear about the fact that they can literally wake up and express themselves freely without worrying about being arrested or killed because of a simple thought or opinion and that they have the right to decide 
what area they want to focus in on and how they can create their own wealth and be creative about that and then to pass it on to the next generation or decide in the middle of it, eh, I changed my mind, now I want to go into and you know, science instead of dance. I mean, that whole thing, this is a beautiful, beautiful concept. These are brilliant people who were God-fearing who got together and decided, you know what? We need to create tyranny. If you leave man to their own accord, they simply will just abuse power. Let's involve the people so that people can decide so we can prevent single man rule. I think it's an absolutely beautiful thing. And, and I'm all about the constitution. All right, as it Dan, I'm, I'm, Dan, I'm going to need you to take this part because right now I can't breathe. And yeah. I'm, Congratulations. And I'm, you just won yourself a one way trip to Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am currently on Facebook starting the Cicely Davis fan page. Aww, uh, thank so, you. Thank you. Oh, good Lord. Thank that was, you. I don't know I mean, if there could have been a better answer. That, God. 193 nations on the globe and only one has had one you know, single ruling document. You are, we are just, we are exceptional. You we are absolutely to onto that. it right there. And that is the argument I have with people when they say, well, Switzerland doesn't have this problem with gun control or, you know, I'm always like, look, man, Switzerland's not us. You can't That's compare right. any other country to the United States of America. In no other country do you have the freedoms you have here. Is gun violence out of control? Absolutely. It absolutely is. Do we have more guns than probably any other country? Absolutely. But the problem is not your legal gun owners. There's, you know, there's that meme that goes around on Facebook that says, hey, uh, if there's, I don't know, 293 million guns in this country or legal gun owners in this country, if we were the problem, you'd know it. And that's true. That's right. That is absolutely true. Stop going after the guns. Go after the criminals. Right. Stop going after the conservative speech. Open it up. Stop with the... Patriot Act. Stop with, mm -hmm. I mean, there is so much, so much wrong with this country that if you would just get back, if you would just get back to the Constitution, the week after you drop here, so next week as people listen to this, uh, we're going to have Paul Engel on who runs a Constitution study. And he says that 90% of the departments in the, the federal government are unconstitutional. And he's right. Right. The Department of Education, the EPA, the Bureau of Land Management, the list goes on, yeah. that none of them are authorized by the Constitution. And we've gotten so far away from it. Now, are we going to fix it in a generation? No. But you know what? We get Cicely Davis in there. Do we, we fix get it? started. Do we fix it with her? No. But then no. Cicely but Davis infects two other people. And they That's say, right. you know what? She makes sense. So now we have three of them in there. Do we fix it? No. But then those three infect nine others. Now we have 12. That's right. And within a generation, we have people in there that are back to the original intent of this document. Yeah, it sounds like what the other side did, but in school in the 60s, in college in the 60s, right. early 70s, and they've got their agenda this far because of what, they, of what you just said, but on our side. You know, you can say what you want. The Constitution made this country what this country is. It made this country great. The people that that followed that constitution made this country great. Since, like she said, LBJ, since the 16th and 17th Amendment back in 1913, that's where we started falling off the rails and we did nothing to stop it then. But just because it's so out of control doesn't mean we can't stop the bleeding now. We stopped the bleeding. Do we still have the infection to deal with? Yes, but we stopped the bleeding. We stopped the injury. Now we can get in there and start working on the, on the infection. 
And man, I'm telling you, Cicely Davis, Jonas Scholes, these are your people. These are the people to get in there if you want to fix this. If you don't want to fix it, if you just want to go on, hey, man, I'm just going to keep voting for uh, Ilan. You know, she's she's been in. She's done a good job, I guess. I don't know. I she mean, takes she's really good there. pictures with her friends. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did you see when she got <laughs> handcuffed? Did you see when she got handcuffed by the Capitol Police? Oh, she's such a warrior. And then she took her hand out of the handcuff and raised her fist. Well, that was AOC. Oh, was yeah, it? Yeah, AOC raised her oh, hand up. Either way, I yeah. get him confused. Ilan came up behind her with her hands behind her back like she was handcuffed. I get him confused a lot. Walking 30 feet in front of the cops because that's what we let prisoners do. <laughs> right. All right. right. So we're no sorry. Answer. I digress. I digress. Go ahead. No, nope, you're great. You're great. All right. So it says here, uh, is there a particular representative, past or present, whom you want to model yourself after? And you said there are many these days. I think uh, Ron DeSantis has been a shining example. Likewise, Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. Yes. Great list. I would add to that. Uh, Ronald Reagan. Oh my God. Hold on. I have to update. <laughs> I I, hold on. I have to update the Cicely Davis fan page. Hold on. <laughs> I'm typing over here like, I'm typing over here like angry cat. Um, like the meme. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Cicely Davis is. Ronald Reagan was a Democrat at one time, correct? Then, yes. Then because he was stuck in Hollywood, then he he didn't leave the he didn't leave the Democratic Party. You don't think? Well, they left him. Oh, there she is, ah, my girl, my girl. <laughs> what you're talking about, though, is someone who um, was an economist, and so again, looking at this um, whole political realm and and the operation, or um, staying true to the the constitution, but loving America, putting it first, caring about business, caring about enterprise, caring about the individual, um, caring about families. He had a sense and a duty of responsibility. Um, and so I remember one of his interviews where he said that, um, no one should be able to present any kind of law or policy without also following up immediately as to how it's going to be paid for. Um, and so this is, yes, think about that. I mean, think about that with Congress. Who does that anymore though? sense, right? That's a, that's, that's a completely forgotten or laughed at notion right now. I mean, think about this spending that's come out of Congress, who by the way is the purse string, right? And they're supposed to actually keep us, hold us accountable and responsible by way of spending, um, has, overspent and stimulated our economy, but to the tune of $6 trillion. You know, it's the same, it's the same as you not making your house payment for two months. Okay. And you decide, you know what? We're going to go to Disney this year with the kids. We're going to spend $7,000 to go to Disney. We're just going to put it on credit. We're fine. Don't worry about it. Let's go. It's like 20000 to go to Disney now, but exactly. get it together. <laughs> Disney. Thanks, Biden. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> so This is a man who just ran, who just literally, and do you remember in the 80s how it was just so pro-America? I mean, we had Rocky. Yeah. We had, we had all these fantastic movies. Hey. We sang the national anthem in classrooms. We we did our pledge allegiance before school got started. So yeah. listen, did you see what happened? First. You see what happened with Top Gun Two? The people yes. wanted that movie. They don't want this touchy feel good stuff. They want pro America. Top Gun Two crushed okay. records. 
That's right. But the That's 80s, right. so every movie there. was Top Gun too. But She-Hulk, She-Hulk yeah. did shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She-Hulk, right. Right, right. Like, I, is that even a real movie? Because I didn't even know. Oh, it is. my oh, goodness. Good Lord. Where are we today? How did we get How, Yes, oh yes. There was a local guy here, here. Uh, Mike Trevisano, and he has since passed away. He was a radio show host. And he used to say, I'm living in a world I don't understand. And that is yeah. it. I don't understand how we got here. All right, listen, I know you got to go. We're going to give you the floor right now. Get your final message out to uh, CD5, whatever you want to say. When you stop talking, we're done. All right. Um, Well, thank you so much. Um, Right now, you know, freedom is too high price to pay. I think that right now we have to make a decision as to what we want America to look like and how America is defined. Families are hurting, businesses are hurting, and the decisions that are made by those we call our leaders. They have simply let us down. We, the people, by the people and for the people have the power. We can absolutely vote them out, return to um, the original constructs and the demands of the constitution. We are a constitutional republic. We are free and we must remain that way. Bad things can happen to good people, but we, the people ultimately decide um, how we're defined in the nation, but particularly in the globe. If you go to CicelyDavis.com, we can absolutely make history by unseating the very first squad member, Ilhan Omar, and the rest of the squad, because we need to shut down the notion of the political celebrity. No more antics for clickbait, simply putting people in who will absolutely represent the constituents. If they fail, we vote them out and we continue that process until we get true representation in D.C. We do that. We remain the number one nation in the globe go to cicelydavis.com to learn more. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. And listen, here's the disclaimer we give everybody now that I have your phone number. Um, (laughs) It is very possible that, (laughs) listen, okay, stop laughing. This isn't a joke. It is very possible that I cold call you. Like we are on an episode and we're like, you know what? What would Cicely think about this? Next thing you know, you're like, hello? It's 10.30 at night. So, so, well, I tell people, you know. Two o'clock in the morning, she thinks it's an emergency call. She's like, oh my God, hello? I'm like, welcome to Pod Bless America. I'm Jim and I'm Dan. You're gonna save. You're gonna, be you're gonna save. That I'm gonna answer because I never sleep. Actually, yeah. We'll we'll save right his now. number under maybe I shouldn't. So when maybe I shouldn't comes up, you're gonna be like, oh, these guys are live on Facebook and they've been drinking. Oh, we want to see. Awesome. All right, we want. She's got to go. She's got to go. Cicely, we wish you nothing but the best. Um, we're gonna be following Thank your you. election. Here is my hope for you: that if things don't go the way we hope they go. That Cicely Davis doesn't just disappear. That Cicely Davis doesn't. You're the say, one that's going to disappear. No. Oh yeah, I'm going to take her to, to Tennessee. Right. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> but no, for real. That that this isn't like. Well, I gave it my best. My best wasn't good enough. Because your best is if you don't make it this time, which I hope you do. But if you don't, your best is yet to come. Do not give up. Please do not give up. Uh, you that's know what? Promise. Minnesota needs you. This country needs you. Um, I think Jim needs you. Uh, yeah, the Cicely <laughs> Davis Facebook, Facebook page needs you. It's hard to have a, a a fan fan page if you're not around. So, um, yeah, right. yeah, this has been a really good call. I really yeah, appreciate for it. For real. And go ahead, get Thank to your next you. podcast, even though we're better than his. And just, <laughs> yes. give, just give us the name of his podcast, or we're going to start trolling him on Facebook. So He's getting a one star. <laughs> He's getting a one star from Pod Bless America. <laughs> He's going to listen back to this and be like, I'll show you guys. 
<laughs> all right, oh Cicely. We, all right. So we appreciate you. Yeah, we really do. Thank Good you. luck. Good luck. Thank you. All right. Please text me. Text me and give me your number. Oh, right. no, for sure. I will. Okay. All right. Take care Thanks, of yourself. Guys, I right. appreciate you. Yep. Take right. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bro, listen. Well, she's still laughing as she hung up. Though. Listen, she's like, listen. I ain't never been on a podcast <laughs> like that. Like she's like, these assholes. These guys are constitution driven and they want to kidnap me. <laughs> well, no, not no. they. Not they. Well, just Jim. Straight, just just Jim. Jim. <laughs> listen, if I, well, you know, Tennessee's a conservative state. I'm probably okay there, but you know what? To have Cicely Davis on my side down there, I, yeah, not kidnap her. But you know what? It's already not kidnapping. No. She said she would go willingly. So yeah. it's not kidnapping. Right. You just want to make it fun. Can't kidnap the willing. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, I didn't know how this was going to go. But this is fabulous. Like, you you gave me the heads up we were doing this. I'm like, okay, I'll do a little bit of research on her. Uh, I listened to some things she did, but I didn't think she was going to be that awesome. No. Right? That's what I'm saying. Yes. I mean, that. Yes. We were 20 minutes into this, and I just realized. I mean, I, I'm like, this is this is. This is another Jonah Shoals. This yes. is another person America needs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, over there in CD5, she calls it, in Minnesota 5, if you're listening to this and you pass up on this opportunity, you cannot blame anybody but yourself for the way Minnesota goes, for the way your district goes, right? I understand that you've always been democratic. I understand that your family is democratic. I understand that your friends, maybe your union is democratic, that you feel like you have to vote for Omar. You don't. You can vote for whoever you want and you can tell your friends you voted for whoever you want. You know, when you get up in the morning and you look in that mirror, you know that you got a part in what happened in Minnesota because you voted for Ilan Omar. And just know her brother's going to be stuffing ballot boxes again. He's just not going to put it on Snapchat this time. Exactly. Shout out James O'Keefe, Project Veritas. Learned his lesson. (laughs) Learned his lesson. And that's why they need to show up because this guy and people like him are doing that. Look, when you wake up November 8th and you're going to vote, there is that little part inside of you that says, man, Cicely Davis makes sense, right? Cicely Davis makes sense sense my life could be better under her then hit the button man and she's the start of the change she can't snap her fingers and enact change it's not going to happen but she is the start she is she is the snowball that starts at the top of the mountain man i'm telling you you guys got a big opportunity here the country is watching and if you oust ilan omar we will know that there is hope for minneapolis for america yeah. <laughs> yeah, for America. Well, exactly. Exactly. We will know there's hope for America. We'll know that you stood up for America and you said, look, we made a mistake with this mm-hmm. and we're going to fix it right here. And like we said in the, in the episode, if Cicely doesn't do what she says she's going to do, it's only two years. Vote her out. But you know what Cicely Davis is not? A politician. She is not a career politician. You can't go wrong putting in a normal citizen. You can't go wrong and listen to her talk. You know why I believe her? Because she's not a politician. Yeah, because she hasn't lied to you yet. Right. And if she turns out that she's a liar and she gets in there, 
and she starts voting with the lobbyists mm-hmm. and she starts throwing your money away mm-hmm. and she forgets about you in Minnesota five. Then when you call her, it's going to say the number you have dialed is not accepting exactly. calls from this number. Exactly. <laughs> the number you have called is not accepting calls from this area code. <laughs> Please call somebody who cares. Right. If you, yeah. If you don't get that message, then she's your girl. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think we're allowed to say girl with her. I mean, she's your woman. She's your they them. I mean, don't even just call her a girl. That's your woman right there. (laughs) Right? She's the woman that wants to make a difference. Well, and you know what? That is, and that's something. Because if, and I I think I'm right, I think she's 47 years old. This is a woman with life experience. This isn't somebody who came out of college with some grand ideal about how the country should work. Maybe a a bartender. (laughs) That's... (laughs) This isn't a bartender who's like, you know what? I could be a representative. Her first job was at 14 as a fry specialist at McDonald's. Whose? Hers. Sicily's? Yes. Ugh. See? She has experience. She's raised two kids. She recognized the problem and she's doing something to fix it. This is action. This isn't talk. She's doing something about it. Look, I'm telling you, Minnesota Five, don't mess this up. Do not mess this up because we're watching. The entire country is watching. We're watching to see what you do. We're watching to see if Ilan Omar gets back in there because if she does, we're writing you off. I'm telling you right now, no way would I bring my family to Minnesota right now. No way. And the Democrats right now are on TV going, this election is the most important election for democracy. And they're right. But what they don't say and what we're saying is this is the most important election for America. Oh, they're right. They're right. They're trying to get you to believe that you have to vote for them for democracy. Yes. They are the antithesis of democracy, right? They are exactly the opposite of what democracy should be. They are the opposite of what America should be. They are trying to destroy this country. We know it. You know it. We just admit it. That's the only difference. We're not afraid of being called racist. We're not afraid of being called bigots. And neither should you. You vote for who you know is best for this country. This country has made your life great. You can't tell me different. If you're having trouble paying your bills, that's not this country's fault, right? And you know that. You look in the mirror and you say, you know what? I've made some bad decisions. I haven't, I haven't saved my money. This country has made you great. And the Democrats want to destroy that. Yeah, and they want you to think otherwise. They want you to think that you're great because of of them or because of what they think or what they do, you know? Well, it's just like the gas price. It's just like inflation. Yeah. They create the problems so they can come in and Mm -hmm. give you the solution. Oh, Mm -hmm. we're heroes. Remember when Obama was like, you own a business? You didn't build that. Right. Right, exactly. You know, you got these guys that have built these businesses. Right. Are like, but all those followers was, were like, maybe I didn't. Rather than being like, ah, you're wrong. Uh, hold on there, chief. Chief. <laughs> no, you can't say chief anymore. That's, that's uh, yeah, that's derogatory towards mm-hmm. Native Americans. So what should we call him then? He's not the chief of police anymore. He, no, he's the. He is. He's the he, her. No, he's the the he haw. He's the he haw of police. I don't know. Jeez. All right. Uh, God dang, man. So yeah, that was, that was fantastic. And you know, she said, text me your number. She thinks I'm kidding. Bro, listen, she's, she's in the, she's in the list now. 
think I'm joking. Yeah. Cold yeah. calling Sicily at 2.30 in the morning. Well, we don't do and you shows know what? at 2.30. Well, well you, you know what I gonna will? Call, you're going to call her and be like, no, no, no. We're going to do a show because she's like, oh, no worries. I'm always up. Okay. Well, we're about to find out. Are you about, you know, and she's going to be like, <laughs> you know when I'm calling her at 2.30 in the morning? Wednesday morning. Yeah. Not Saturday night. <laughs> Tuesday. No. <laughs> Tuesday into Wednesday after the election. I'm going to be like 2.30 in the morning. I'm like, you up? you up oh shit that's funny who scumbag who just asked me about oh pat patrick mudge he texts me at 1 30 in the morning he's like you up (laughs) i'm like bro i was three hours past you up what are you talking about uh all right let's get out of here uh i just want to again i just want to wish her the best of luck man yeah it was it was a it was a great show i hope there is man i hope it's a donald trump Right. I hope all the polls got it wrong. I hope she wakes up in the morning. And she's like, oh, my God, <laughs> I won. Right. But if those polls are bullshit, it's just to keep the voters away. It's oh, another, well, it's another way sure. of voter suppression. For sure. You know, well, you know what else is funny is 538 here. I told her 538 has her listed as solid Democrat or has the district listed as solid Democrat. But I went to 538 and there were no polling numbers at all for four, five and six. Hmm. So they have no polling data, but they're still saying solid Democrat. But I, I was wondering what it said about about Ilhan's primary. Like, did it have that as a 50-50 dead heat race? Yeah, I don't I know. I doubt it. I don't know. I really doubt it. Yeah. Don Samuels, man, he almost pulled that off. He did. I mean, it was close. I think it was like 50-48 with like, you know, 1.6% undecided or whatever it was or that voted for somebody else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, she almost lost. She's vulnerable right now. She's vulnerable. All right, let's get out of here. You got anything else, Daniel? No, I don't. All right, me either. Okay. As always, we thank you guys for your support. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you could drop us a like, drop us a five-star review, that really helps us out. You can find us on Facebook at Pod Bless America. And you can find us on Twitter at Jim and Dan Show. You can find us on Getter at Pod Bless America. And you can find me at Jim at PBAPodcast.com. And you can find me at Dan at PBAPodcast.com. So until next time, I'm Jim. I'm Dan. And Pod Bless America. awkward <laughs> like they they expect something afterwards mm-hmm. i thought you had something well i was just gonna go back to you trying about tying people up and kidnapping them it's not a good luck not a good luck not a good luck she ever ends up missing you <laughs> <laughs> shit